0: Hi everyone! This is Father Albert. To naman si Father Chris. And this is the PADScast! Hello everyone! And sa ngalan ni PADS Chris, ako po si PADS Albert. And welcome to the PADScast! So, um, first of all, alam ko, uh, pasensya na. Nag-MIA kami last week. <laughs> I know, uh, naglaho kami ng walang abiso. Um, maybe someday, uh, we will be able to share to you what happened. But, I'll give you a clue at the moment I am recording this in my room alone. Uh, Well, anyway, uh, we're glad to be back and uh, we're happy to be able to share to you this interview that I did uh, a few weeks back when Father Chris was in his monthly study in Tagaytay. Uh, So, I interviewed this amazing priest that I met through the feast, no? One interesting trivia about him and us, you know, at the end of our names are the le- my name is the letter SSP and sa kanya naman ay MSSP. So, halos pareho. And we're actually our congregations are like, you know, almost brothers. <laughs> Here's what happened. No, so uh, we are they are the Missionary Society of St. Paul. We are the Society of St. Paul. And um nauna silang mag-found technically than us. But, nauna kaming ma-approve ng Vatican, ma-recognize ng Vatican. So, when they started to apply for Vatican recognition of approval, meron ng Society of St. (laughs) Paul. So, they had to add something to the name. So, that's why they are MSSP and kami naman yung SSP. But, uh, you know, it's almost the same. Society of St. Paul, Missionary Society of St. Paul. And they put missionary in their name because um, that is what they do. Uh, We are Kami, Communications Media. Sila, they are your true blue missionaries. They go all around the world to the most remote places to be able to evangelize. No, and our guest today has wonderful stories of mission. And we will also hear for the first time the perspective of a foreign missionary who is now assigned to the Philippines. ¿diba? So um, I hope you find this interview fun and enjoyable. I'm sure I did. So let's give a warm cast. Welcome to Father Mark Di Manuele, MSSP.
1: First of all, thank you, Father Albert, for this uh, opportunity. Yes. And um, I, I, I really didn't know about this podcast at at the beginning, so <laughs> I was a bit shocked. But then I said, "Oh, come on, that's okay. We can, Father Albert and myself, we're buddies, so we can <laughs> do it." <laughs>
0: yes, thank you, Father.
1: <laughs> yes, Father. Thank
0: you. Yeah, we're very happy to have you, Father. Yeah. So, um, once again, yeah. I would just like to ask about your like your vocation story. Uh, just a little bit about how you ended up, uh, how you, you yes. discovered your calling as a priest.
1: Excellent. So as you know, I am from Malta. Mm-hmm. So a priest in Malta, uh, it's very easy because at that very time when I was in my vocation time, um, priesthood was always, always an option for the Maltese people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, However, when I was young, I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really on my radar. And uh, at the beginning, I used to go even to the MSSP school, Missionary Society of St. Paul, the order where I am, which is a very, it's a, it's a school very close to our house. Mm-hmm. So it all started there. Um, it starts with the, with myself, a young boy, going as an altar server in this Saint Agatha's Church. That is where uh, the school is situated. Mm-hmm. And then later on, my brother, and this is very important, mm-hmm. my brother used to go to a vocational meeting mm-hmm. called vocational guild. Uh, with the Missionary Society of St. Paul, with the MSSP. Mm -hmm. And he used to come back, I was still young, and he was always interested about how many times they went for a hike, sometimes they went went swimming in summer, or they had a football tournament, a basketball tournament. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these things got me excited. And the thing is, I went for this vocational guild, not because of vocation, Mm-hmm. But the activities, mm-hmm. Albert. You know what happened? What? Father left. He's married with three kids, mm-hmm. and I'm still stuck in the MSSP. <laughs> so, so you can see, you can see how God calls. Um, uh, it's 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 a bit funny, but it's the reality that you know that um, God has got his own ways how he calls a person or maybe he inspires a person to have a vocation, to find the call, to listen to the call. Because then when we went to this vocational group and we used to have sometimes missionaries coming back from uh, abroad, especially from Peru at that time, and they would meet with us. We were still a group of young uh, senior high school—let's call it that way—high school and senior high. And it was like, for us, you know, something is built in slowly, slowly. God is is inspiring you very slowly with the stories of this missionary, the missionary work, and. Uh, this society, it's, uh, it's a missionary society, it was founded in Malta by a Maltese priest with the intention. this intention was that he uh, wanted to have a seminary in Malta to help and provide for those people who really wanted to go to the mission. So it is an order with an extra charism, which is, an extra vow for us, which is the vow of mission so, Albert, I say, Father Albert, I say that um, that's how slowly, slowly, the Lord was inspiring me to listen to his call, maybe funny funny enough through my brother, but then when you start listening to these stories how 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 they are working, reaching out for the poor. And in different parts of the, of the of 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 the 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 world, and it truly inspired me. I cannot say I don't know about you, Father Albert, but I cannot say that when I entered as the society, which was I was only 18 years of age at that time, and we used to enter very very young, so practically Albert, after my, our sixth form. Sixth form is like the senior high practically. I was 18 years of age or a bit 19, 19. No, the 19th birthday, I did it there. And um you don't really feel, you don't really know actually what's happening. You know, the beginning, um everything is like, is this the reality? Is this what God is calling me? And then later on you start, for example, your Friends who were at school with you, they started getting their girlfriend and they're mm-hmm. preparing to get married, and I'm stuck there in the MSSP. So at the beginning, it wasn't always so clear. I say a vocation, but there is a process. It's a call which starts slowly, slowly. It's like the seed that is being um, sown into you. And slowly, slowly, it starts getting uh, roots. And then you start to realize, yes, this is what the Lord is calling me. So it was very important for me that I had the support of my family. My family also was a very, and it was, and it's still because my parents passed away. They were very religious. We were close to the church. Um, my sister herself, who passed away also, was a nun. So um, she also was a kind of a, a person I looked up to. I had an uncle who was also a Dominican, who was very supportive to in, in my vocation. So I think all these helped for me to enter, to start this journey with the MSSP. Um, yeah, and I'm still here.
0: Yes, so. yes. <laughs> that's wonderful, Father. Thank you. we uh, It's very nice that you mentioned how it grows because for many people, that's what they don't understand. They feel like it's an instant decision to enter the seminary, like you want to be a priest automatically. But it's really not for most of us, at least for me and for you. Yes.
1: No, I, I, that's why I call it a process. And yeah. you truly really need one very important thing that I I cannot forget is, the the connection between you and Jesus, between you and the Eucharist, because there are so many um, uncertainties that you don't know what to do. I remember, I wish to share this because it's beautiful, there was a parish priest of my my own village who once told me the vocation is, is imagine you are on a very high rising building we have here in manila okay and someone is telling you jump because down there someone is going to catch you now from up there you cannot see him, you cannot see anything but it's a leap of faith that you truly believe that the lord is leading you to jump jump you do it, and then by the time you slowly, slowly come coming down uh, to the earth, you see clearer that yes, down there, Jesus is there, ready to. Be true. And that was true. That's what I say it is a process for me, Father Albert.
0: Yes, yes. So um, that's a nice analogy. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna use that from now on, Father. I'll <laughs> borrow that from you if you don't mind. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I borrowed it from someone else. So, <laughs> all right, Father. You mentioned that you are a missionary. That was that is what the MSSP was founded for. Um, can you tell us about your missionary journeys, Father? Like, where have you been before the Philippines? Uh, okay. About all that.
1: Yeah. So. Um for my formation time, it was quite a long time, more than 10 years, because um, as MSSP, we have the philosophy and theology, that's the normal thing. But we also have the novice for one year, uh, pre novice So it's quite a long period of time. Between philosophy and theology, we have a kind of what we call um, like the exposure, you call it the exposure over here, um, where where I was also sent to an orphanage that the society was running um, for two years there. So it was quite a long time. Then I was ordained in 1988, 35, 35 years ago. 30 I was years. only
0: two years old.
1: <laughs> yes, Father Albert. Yes, thank you for reminding me.
0: No, mother, I'm sorry, yes. Oh, no, I, I know,
1: I'm joking. Anyway,
0: and so
1: so it was the time when you feel you're prepared, you want to get out, and you want to start, but it's not easy. You know, Albert, like me, and the first years are very difficult years. Years when you find yourself as if you truly want to uh, I used to say, I want to uh, to evangelize all the world. But then I realized that was impossible. So I say, maybe I'll evangelize only Malta, a small island, which even that wasn't possible. Then I would say, ah, I need to evangelize myself, myself first.
0: Oh, that's nice. Uh,
1: and that's the reality. Because those those years, especially the first four years, were quite a difficult time. I, they were quite a difficult time. Those yes. four years, um, Father Albert, were quite a very difficult time because um, it was the time when you are not information, but you still need people to help you, to guide you. And uh, you start getting into, into, into relationships with people, you start, you start uh, entering the lives of people. And if you do not have the right tools and the right people to guide you, you can easily slip and fall back. So there were times when, yes, I have to admit that it was difficult and I really had to to struggle. So those were very difficult years. After that, thank God, um, I was assigned in Malta for the first years of my life, uh, of my priesthood um in a first I was in an oratory which is like a youth center a huge youth mm-hmm. center that we had in Malta run by the society where um you know being a young priest I was only 28 years of age with seventy eight of your years so you know you feel so excited to with 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 youth, um planning with them Um, helping them, they come for speech with direction. So it was really a beautiful time for me. It was a time for me that um, through that period of time, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from these young people. And I had to learn my boundaries. I had to learn my my own way of how am I to minister to these people, which was very important. Later on, and uh, Superior General, uh, I was about five years later, four, four, four or five years later, I was um, uh, given the responsibility of a superior of the mother house in Malta for three years, and that was really a tough job because you have to minister your own brothers who <laughs> are. <our job>. Yeah. <laughs> I understand Albert. Yes, yes,
0: I understand.
1: Who <laughs> are in in religious life, and it was a big, big uh, complex because there was the the school, there was uh, the formation there, there were the people who are already retired. But thank God, it helped me to grow once again. I say these are experiences that the Lord gave me to help me to grow. So after that. And my first assignment out of Malta, it was supposed to be Pakistan. Oh. But but wait, I was very excited. I was looking forward to go to Pakistan. Thank God I didn't go immediately to Pakistan. I was assigned as a parish priest in Toronto, in Canada. Because our society at that moment they there was the Franciscan order who were um, uh, taking care of the Maltese migrants. It was a Maltese Maltese parish out of Malta. Uh, it was a, not a territorial parish, but it was a regional parish because it was for the Maltese specifically. And I was assigned there as a parish piece. I was only 35 years of age, I remember. Going there for the first time out of Malta, it wasn't easy. Um, mm-hmm. however, however, it was a, a, another beautiful experience. I have to say, by the way, interesting, that when I was a deacon, that year, one year of diaconess, uh, that was the first time I had the opportunity to go to Pakistan. That's why I was looking forward to go to Pakistan kind of, it's your first love. Yeah, yeah. I really love the people. Mm. And uh, I thought I'm going there because um, I used to really talk about Pakistan. So it was like an experience that even boosted my missionary experience, Albert. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, That was a beautiful moment. That was in my darkness. Let's go back to to, to Toronto. Canada, Canada. In Canada, it was a beautiful experience in a way because I had four years there where we really had to build up a community. The community there was a bit of a problem. After the Franciscans left, so many people scattered in different areas of Toronto, which are the suburbs of Toronto. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: my work was truly to reach out for them it was like a mission in itself. And uh, it was also beautiful. I found a lot of cooperation with the with the people there, with the Maltese community, and uh, being the first uh, experience out of Malta in a cold environment of minus 35. Uh, you can imagine, Albert, you would be probably uh, in 10 or 12 um, jackets upon you. Knowing that, <laughs> yes. You know, uh, so... Apart. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> eh? It was really cold. Anyway, so so those were four years which helped me to understand what is a parish, mm-hmm. the environment of a parish, the activities of a parish, um, which really in, involved a lot. But being a young priest, you feel your, you've got all the experience and all the, the, the maybe not the experience, but the the fire in you, yes. I think that's something that really helped me. Yeah. After that, mm-hmm. I was called to go to Pakistan. All right. And imagine from the experience of minus 30 degrees, going to Pakistan, which is about 40 degrees and above, <laughs> uh, I think it was quite a jump. And from, from the luxury of having this beautiful yeah. So to Lahore and uh, and Karachi, which is topsy-turvy mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Uh, it was really a big jump. But today I say, as Father Albert, that I feel very happy that I had this experience of Pac- of of Toronto before Pakistan. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. probably if I went to Pakistan directly, I think I would have broken broken down
2: mm-hmm. because it
1: was an experience in itself of being with very poor people in experience in a in a country which is which the church is a very very mi- minority
2: mm-hmm. in
1: like fact if you understand just for you to understand Pakistan is not really the real name the name of, of their country is oh. Islamic, mm-hmm. Islamic country of Pakistan. Oh. It, is, it, it is part of its name that it is an Islamic country. The, the church was only 2% okay. of, of Christians, not Catholic Christians. However, 2% of quite a big number of people, it was quite, uh, it was beautiful. I was there for more than six years, almost seven years. And in those seven years, Yes, I can say I fell in love with Pakistan. Uh. The situations um, were not always beautiful. Mm-hmm. We had to be very cautious. We know that we are in an Islamic country. We know there that we are like the visitors. who we were foreigners. So we had to be very cautious. Mm-hmm. So sometimes even the people would tell me, Father... Don't go to the, to the main city today, because there's going to be a revolt or oh. a riot. So they used to tell me and they used to protect me in that way. Um, there were times when I had to be very careful, yes, even on the road. Um, but uh, I cannot say that I was persecuted okay. in the, the manner of, of, of people with the gun with you. Okay and the area where i was then a parish piece in lahore it was concentrated with christians okay in fact, it is called Johannabad, the city of john
2: mm-hmm. your john
1: is john the evangelist so it was a parish that was formed in the in the beginning of the partition between a bit of history about pakistan you know that pakistan and india they were one
0: uh, yeah before mhm
1: it was was able to bring the independence to uh, to india but unfortunately when it came to the partition um he was killed by one of his the hindus mm-hmm. One of them. And because he really wanted to be that they could live together hindus and Muslims together, which it never, it never happened. Yeah. So was what we call the partition. Pakistan became the uh, Islamic country, Hindu, India, the Hindu
0: country. Hindu country yeah.
1: In the midst of them, there were Catholics already, Christians already. So some Christians, they found themselves in Pakistan,
0: okay. in a
1: minority, and thanks to them, the church slowly, slowly developed, even in Pakistan. Uh, the way that God works. Okay? And um, so there were already some parishes which were developed. Uh, there was a diocesan bishop, there was even a cardinal from Pakistan at that time. So it was quite quite a quite good. But yeah, but it was an experience in itself, you know, being with the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, out to the poor people going, for example, to celebrate mass in the, out, in, in, in the outskirts. Um, here we call them barangay. Over there we used to call them the alakas. We had mm-hmm. about uh, in my parish more than almost 35 alakas, barangay. Mm. Wow. We used to have a, a kind of a program, Father Albert, like once a week I try to visit this side, and mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. we have and um, and um, the, the the. Was
0: it just you, Father?
1: It was um. Two. Actually, I was with another, mm-hmm. who we were too. Mm-hmm. And but then you have we have what we call catechists over there. Because mm. the over there the lay catechists they played a big role. Most of them they were run by the catechists, and the priest goes there for the sacraments, baptisms, etc., and the end of history for the Ukraine. So, we used to visit these talakkas accordingly, according to the, the opportunities we had. So, it was quite challenging, but mm-hmm. it was...
0: So, after Pakistan, Father, it was already the Philippines?
1: Mm-hmm. Then, we were, I went back to Malta mm-hmm. for another six years, Oh, because therefore, as a um, director of a of, uh, retreat house. Okay. So was house and I was uh, the director, helping and was giving, giving retreats and helping in the running of of the house. And then it was finished.
0: Okay. So, so okay. all right. Um, Father, so um, we're very interested about, because we've had guest priests who are like Filipinos missionaries abroad. But it's yeah. the first time we have a guest priest who is a missionary to the Philippines. So we want to huh. understand. We want to hear more about your experience as a missionary when you arrived here. Uh, how long have you been here, and how was it at the at first?
1: Okay, interesting. And my first impression. Now you have to listen to me because uh, and and don't yes. judge me. Please.
0: Yes, Father, no problem.
1: what I thought. So my first impression was that it was different, obviously, from Pakistan. Pakistan, I know it was an Islamic country, Mm -hmm. so I know that I go to. So I thought I'm going to come to a very Catholic church, a very Catholic um, country, Country. here, Mm -hmm. with so many priests, so many nuns, and I will be there, you know, and I will see what the Lord may provide for me. Because I thought that here in the Philippines, you know, there's already so many priests, There's so many, Uh so many Catholics. So kind of, but the fact that we had, and the reason why we had this house here in the Philippines, because we wanted to have our formation house in the Asian countries. Mm -hmm. The fact that we have um, uh, missionaries in Pakistan, we have connection with Australia. So we really wanted to have a hub here Because we know that in the Philippines, there are so many universities, so many um, Catholic schools. So we thought it would be very good. And that was the reason why we came here. We came for the formation. But obviously, when you come for formation, you're not just going to do formation. You're going to do also ministry.
0: Of course.
1: Uh, I'm not into formation, I have to tell you. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the students here, our MSSB students, sometimes they joke about that. I'm more into I'm more into pastoral work. So I came with this idea that what the Lord is going to provide for me as a pastoral priest and as an evangelizer, evangelization. I'm so much into into evangelization Mm -hmm. that I think I thought maybe I won't be needed there. That was my first
2: thought.
1: But then I realized Mm-hmm. the Filipinos they also need Christ. Mm-hmm. Yes, 500 years of 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 uh, of this situation when uh, we are celebrating at the moment. 500 years of yes, of yes, year. and yes. Philippines is full, so full of Christian people. But I believe that there is still a lot of work to be done by the church. Yes. So, so my first impression was that I won't, I won't find any anything to do, was very distorted
2: thought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you start coming into the work, I've been now six years, over six years here in the Pakistan, and, and I started, you know, I was quite impressed by the need of evangelization to the Filipino people. Uh-huh. And my first impression: hmm. the heat.
2: Yeah. I already mm.
1: have Pakistan, but here the heat. Because in Pakistan there were two or two or three months which were quite cold. Let's say December, January, February. They can be quite cold. You really, really? put a, a jacket on. But here there is one season. <laughs> always, always hot. Even though the Filipinos are wearing jackets, mm-hmm. for me it's still hot. <laughs> so that's the first impression. It's funny, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And the language, which up to now is still a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, now I can understand a bit more of Tagalog, but when, and I can even celebrate mass in Tagalog, um, but I cannot preach in Tagalog, uh-huh, obviously. Uh-huh. Um so it's still it's still a struggle for me. Um, but thank God, with a little of translation, with with a little of concentration, I think we, I, I can manage to understand a bit more. So that's the second thing. Third, the food. Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> the food. <laughs> white water. Having, <butter. laughs> having rice in the morning, white rice in the morning, white rice for lunch. White rice in the night, I know. <laughs> it's really not not my diet <laughs> coming from so it was quite a, a challenge for me. And it was a fun in itself. You know, mm-hmm. look I'm I'm saying this because you asked me, but um after all, I'm so happy to be here and I'm and I, I'm glad that even though there were these setbacks I was able to settle. I had a lot of help here of people who really supported me to settle down. Um, uh, and I've got a big number of people who who truly understand our situation that I'm a foreigner, but I wish to live here and I'm living here already. So I, I really thank God of so many people who really support me. and. Having friends, even like you, the SSP, mm-hmm. who are like us, or we are M you are SSP. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. We're cousins, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and you know, having familiar, familiar priests that you can sit down and discuss with them, even though they might not understand exactly. For example, I've got a priest who once used to used to tell me, "You're crazy. Why did you leave Malta and come here?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it eases me that way but um yeah i think, yeah i know i'm crazy that's normal for me quite, quite normal uh, so so yeah and um, it might be it might be difficult for people to understand but this is what i really love to do evangelization mission work and working with people
0: Father, just to be clear, how long have you been here? Almost, more than six years now. Six years? Six years, years in,
1: uh, uh, in January. So now six and a half years already.
0: Oh, I see. And so you, I, it's very interesting when you said that the Filipinos also need Christ, like in terms of evangelization. So um, that, that tells us that there are things that we need to improve on. So yeah. if. Uh, like If there's one thing that you think uh, the Philippine Church could focus on in terms of like, re-evangelizing the people or how do we improve the quality of the faith, what do you think would it be? Um,
1: I'm not the Pope. Of so course. <laughs> Italy, and I'm not the Cardinal.
0: Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm just a
1: missionary. Um, I'm working at the moment, Father Albert, in PUP, the Polytechnic of the University of the Philippines and the campus chaplain there. And uh, I can see the need to reach out for the young people. Um, uh, the church in the Philippines, if we are not going to really give more attention to the young, it's going to get very easily. You go to the church, you see the elder generation, which is good enough, which is very important, but it's not enough for us. We cannot be complacent of the fact that there are so many people in the periphery, in the margin, marginalized, that we really need to reach out for them. So one thing that I really feel is the need of evangelization, or let's call it new evangelization, what Pope. John Paul II used to say new evangelism is not because there's something new about it, but sometimes it's even evangelizing those who really were evangelized, but they still need to listen about Jesus. They need not only to be baptized um, or maybe they go to church because they are obliged to go to church, but they still need Jesus in their life. So I think uh, this is what I feel is the the idea that I wish that we continue working,
0: I see Father. you mentioned that um you work with the youth with the young people. that's not something I get to do a lot um when you talk to them, what usually are their concerns or their what do they ask you as a priest i mean as a young person? What questions do you usually encounter from our young people in the philippines
1: yeah um some of some of them are just the normal questions of. Father, how can I continue my studies? You know the financial situation of these because um, for POP is quite uh, um, mm. the, the students are struggling to study, but they need, they really wish to study. You know? So sometimes they ask for help in that way, but many times we just sit down and we just we just. In, listen to each other, mostly, they really want to listen more about Jesus. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. And sometimes, what they ask a uh, father are simple questions about our, our own religion. Okay? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, something that happens quite frequently, they are in a class, and uh, sometimes they are challenged okay and then you kind of want to listen to the apologetics which is not good enough but it's part of their life and about how to defend the church how to defend jesus okay so these are are very very normal things that the uh the students ask about but obviously then there are their own personal issues issues that have to do even with uh with their identity for example and their their own uh, life at home their future um how can jesus be part of my life they are questions that i truly encounter quite easily with these people and um, maybe these are the people who are close to me because uh, these are the volunteers that were close to, to 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 with us. But if you go outside of the circle, I know and I, re- I I I I experience even the fact that there are people, there are youths, who Jesus for them is just Jesus in the church, and that's it. So. So I feel the need, that's maybe why I'm saying about new evangelization. How can we reach out for these young people to give them an alternative in life, which is Jesus? Because, because sometimes their alternative is struggle for survival, finding a job, and let's go with life. Whatever happens, happens. Their moral life, unfortunately, because of that, that they don't care less, okay? Don't care about what kind of 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 life they're going to live, okay? What are the the, the values that they have got in life? Sometimes we even speak a lot about about value education values that we need to have.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful, Father. Um, so we can see that there's a real hunger for Jesus even among oh. the youth. Yeah. And um, well, Father Elam, since we were talking about like reaching the unchurched people, and even those who are church but have fallen away, because I met you through this uh, group or this movement called the Feast. That's how I, that's yeah. where I first met yeah. you, and I'm group. sure you know that one of their aims is to re- to really reach the unchurched people, not really the people who go to the parishes or the. Yeah. So, how does that like? How did you get involved with that? And is that part of your? You consider that as part of your mission, your evangelization?
1: Um, truly enough, I never heard about Bo Sanchez in my life. If it's not here in the Philippines, and I never heard about the feast uh, mm-hmm. in Europe, for example, the charismatic movements are very much alive. Mm-hmm. And I was involved a bit in the charismatic movement and with other lay movements in, in, in Europe, in Malta. But uh, when I came here, and there was a good friend of ours, uh, you know the person, whom whom uh, kind of introduced me to the feast, I was amazed. I really thank God I had this opportunity to to go to the feast and. St- and continue be a support to because I, what I feel is the priest is a support to these builders, they call them builders, both Sanchez and the others, that they are reaching out with their catechism, which I feel it's like the new evangelization okay and and helping them, I felt like, yeah, it's something very beautiful, maybe the Lord is calling us to be the bridge between the church yeah. let's call it, the
0: hierarchical yeah. church
1: the, hierarchical uh-huh. church good for uh-huh. you okay and these people who at the moment okay you might have experiences as I had in the feast going for confessions. I'm not going to tell you the confessions <laughs> <before. laughs> we can't do that father apart, <laughs> <laughs> <So, okay>, but. <laughs> but telling you I never confessed, Father, in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, or or it's been a long while, and they are coming back. It's a blessing. Yeah, yeah. A joy. I come out of there exhausted, but I find myself thanking God for listening to this people, and they got in touch with a priest mm-hmm. who can <laughs> listen to them.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I tell the other priests they don't listen to them, no, but they had this opportunity through fees mm-hmm. to meet the priest, yeah, and they realize that the fees the priest is there, it's not a, it's not a hierarchy, it's not a, on a pedestal, but he's part of it, and that's something so beautiful, yes. Uh, Albert, it is a very beautiful movement that I feel, together with others, that for example, my brothers here, my brother fathers. Priests here—they even help in the Nea Catholic
2: mm-hmm.
1: Another movement reaching out for the un— for the un—un—unpriest, un, okay, for those who are in the peripheries, for those who are already out of church. Which I feel this is our mission, and as mm-hmm. a missionary society, this is what we really want to do.
0: Yes, I, I really appreciate that. Um, because you know, a lot for a lot of people, it's it. They they think of it like the priests are always the one leading the way, and the lay people are just support. But it's really nice yeah. to see like a very close, equal collaboration between us
1: I and exactly, the lay people. Exactly.
0: Yeah, because they know some. They have experiences and knowledge and ways that we can't think about and we we can't do it, but they exactly. have it. Uh, yeah, and amen uh, to yeah. that. It's true. <laughs>
1: I'm, I learn a lot. Even, sometimes even myself, I sit down listening to the, to the builder mm-hmm. for his meeting. I said, wow, what a good idea, what a beautiful idea. I know, yeah. It, it, it's, it's something that it gives me the chance to listen not only I preaching, but somebody's preaching for me, and I need that. Yes. I don't know about you, but I'm nine years of age, but there are things that I'm still learning in life with that and you learn from these young men and, and people around you who really wish to reach out for people. It's very helpful. And I
0: thank God for that. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, Father. So just before we wrap up, I'd just like to ask some questions about you, about uh, Father Mark. Because, you know, some people would listen to this. They know you from your ministries, your works. But some things about you, like, um, how do you, how does Father Mark unwind? Like, what do you like to do when you're free, when you have free time?
1: Uh, first of all, under my my desk, mm-hmm. there are two
0: dogs. Really? Right now?
1: Yes. <laughs> they are very quiet, dogs. But one way of unwinding is just going for a walk with them and just having a bit of me time I call it my me time sometimes even going into, into, into the in the, the chapel in the morning, early morning on my own uh, and just staying there I, I it's it's a very, very important time for me and yes, then I love even to visit people I love to visit places unfortunately, i didn't have the opportunity to go much around. Around the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And I truly love, you know, to, to, to have the opportunity. I, I, I've I got a, a good friends of mine in Khezon, very far. Mm-hmm. And when I go there and uh, um, uh, I, I, I can swim, for example, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite hobbies mm-hmm. uh, swimming, which I cannot do it in Basic River, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, to do it here in Manila um, but sometimes when I have these chances you know to, to go and swim it's very helpful for me it's a way of unwinding for me sometimes even going for a drive not in Manila obviously because driving in Manila is...
0: it's not relaxing <laughs> so,
1: thank you for saying that <laughs> so, so it's, it's a way of me
0: unwinding and yes I love to do mm, those things. I see that's nice, Father. Um, um, do you have, Are you gonna transfer soon, or how long do you think you'll be here in the Philippines? You don't know.
1: It's up to the Lord <laughs> uh, or up <after> to my <laughs> superiors, to be honest. But um, for us, when we are in the missions, obviously, if, let's be honest. If there's some sickness or something is bothering you, or you, you, you cannot cope, obviously. The spirit is not going to let you stay here. But you know man? I'm happy and I'm glad and I'm excited to be here. So mm. I'm not keen to go to any other places for the time being. I
0: see. Uh what do you miss most about like, Malta and in, uh, being here?
1: Two very important things. My family. Of course. Here. <laughs> and my sister is there and my brother. Secondly, swimming.
0: Ah yeah.
1: Because in Malta itself, it's a very small island, in fifteen, twenty minutes you can be near the sea. and mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you can swim. And uh, obviously and uh, sometimes I miss also the uh the Maltese food. We've got our own kind of delicacies which uh, sometimes you miss them. The bread for example, the country bread of Malta,
2: which uh-huh. you don't
1: like it, yeah. Here, we've got the pandesal, okay, which I, I love also. And it's different because that's, here, pandesal, sometimes it's still sweet. bread uh-huh. is, is bread. You know, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand, Father. Oh, yeah. Is that the, like, because you mentioned the, our staple food here is rice. For yeah. Malta, it's, what is it?
1: Bread, mostly. Mm-hmm. And salads we eat a lot of salads Mm -hmm. and even 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 uh, um, for example soup and things like that pizza and pasta which are very malta by the way is only 60 miles away from sicily Mm -hmm. one hour flight you will be in rome from malta that's how, how easy it is probably if you go to Davao, it's more than one hour i don't know how much i think it's more than an hour but from less than an hour, you will be in Rome. So that's how close we are. So obviously, the Maltese, uh, Maltese food is very much uh, influenced by the Italian food and the other European food.
0: I see, I see. So, um, um, so it's not very, is it very different from what we have here? It's quite different.
1: It is quite different. Mm. It is quite. It, it's more. It's more like a Mediterranean Mediterranean food. Uh, there are some. There are very, very good, beautiful things. For 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 example, uh, we have what we call the aliotta, the fish soup mm-hmm. over here of the sinigang, Yeah, siliang. It's,
0: so like, it's the sour soup. Sour soup with
1: fish or something. Yeah,
0: it depends. Yeah. Yeah, it's practically it's, it's part
1: of the same thing, but made in a different way. You've got the adobo here. We've got the the stew in Malta, which is very similar. So you know the the the, uh, the beef stew and other stews there. That so there are things which are which are common, but obviously the the main basic things are uh, here. It's rice. There it's bread
0: okay okay father all right father um well i I am very happy that we managed to uh have you here. uh thank you very much for saying yes to our invitation to be interviewed. <laughs> Do you have any final words, Father, anything you want to say, or maybe you have uh ministries that you'd like to uh promote yeah. or anything father yeah,
1: first of all, thank you for being so supportive for us as an s s p Mm -hmm. maybe there will be people listening to us I I wish to thank you for all the support you give to the Missionary Society of St. Paul it's a very small society but uh, with a lot of dreams in our lives so thank you for your support thank you for being close to us thank you for helping us in our needs
2: Mm
1: -hmm. As aware that be, if there are youths who are interested in our missionary society Mm -hmm. and to learn more about the MSSP I invite you to come and stay uh, just get in touch with us okay and we'll be very happy to to see you here with us and if there are youths for example from PUP who wish to contact me I'm very happy to listen thank you so much for everything
0: Whew, nosebleed ako doon. <laughs> and um, maraming salamat everyone for tuning in. And of course, we pray for Father Mark. Uh, he, along with many other foreign missionaries, are doing great, important work here in the Philippines because sabi niya, the Filipinos need Christ too. And indeed, in our country, the vineyard is so huge. You no, know, The mission area, uh, the need is so big. No, hindi natin pwedeng sabihin na porque Christian nation tayo, okay na tayo. Because there are many areas we can improve on, many areas in our faith and life as a country, as a nation that still needs Christ's light. So muli po maraming salamat and please uh, don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. That's the PADScast for any of your feedback and uh, for any news and updates on our show and magbabalik po kami ni Pads Chris uh, next week so maraming maraming salamat ako po si Pads Albert this is the Pads cast powered by St. Paul's and may God bless us all